Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You have wandered into the steam room. Lucky (laughs) y'all. Yes. Uh, Welcome to our loyal steamers. Uh, Charles Barkley and Ernie Johnson at your service, season three of our podcast, continuing. Yes. Um, We'll be talking some college football in the course of this show with Paul Feinbaum, who knows more about college football than anybody in the world. I've known him forever. And got the college football playoff coming up, Alabama, Michigan, (sighs) Georgia, Cincinnati, four teams. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I got... Go ahead. Just pile on. I'm I'm not even going to bring it up. I'm going to start off... Very nice. I just got back from Florida. Want to give a shout out to the great Ernie Els. He had his uh, charity for autism, and I played a couple days down there. Man, what him and his wife, Liesl, are doing down there is pretty remarkable. Got a chance to see the great Jack Nicholas, one of the greatest people I've ever met in my life, and his lovely wife, Barbara. KJ Choi. Got to hang with my boy, John Daly. Oh, what a fun tournament, oh, yeah. man. How'd you hit him? I played well. I won longest drive and closest to the pen. I did. On the same hole. Oh, no. <laughs> so you're a funny guy. You're a funny guy. And uh, it was just really awesome. Uh, hanging with John. John is one of my favorite people in the world. Shout out to my SAP team. We had a great time. But I did. I won long. Got two trophies. Got more junk to put Man, in that's amazing. Yeah. You with two golf trophies? I know. Uh, wow. but we had a great time. Uh, had a bunch of pros down there. Christy Kerr, Lydia Cole. But I want to give a shout out to Ernie and his wife, Lisa, for doing an amazing job raising money for their school for autism. You a tea guy, by the way? I'm steeping my tea right now. I've never had tea. What? Only time I've had tea is at the All-Star game. Remember when I used to smoke cigars all the time before? Y'all won't mm-hmm. let me smoke cigars anymore on All-Star weekend because I would lose my boys yeah, by you Saturday. Yeah, you sound like Matumbo. Yeah. And so that's the only time I've ever drank tea. I'm just not a tea person. Okay. So hot tea. Yes. Probably a cold tea, probably a sweet tea. Guy. No, nope, nope, no, 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 no tea. Alabama guy, not a sweet tea nope, guy? Nope, nope, nope. Oh, gone. First of all, what you got? First of all, you know you have a lot of money when you get hunting nut Cheerios. I've had the regular Cheerios. First of all, you know anybody ride a motorcycle who makes millions of dollars is an idiot. First of all, zero plus zero is zero. I just want you to know this is so painful for me. Here it comes. This is painful, America. This is as low as I can go. Roll Tide! It hurt me to my little bitty heart. Saturday was one of the most depressing days. Listen, I'm not normally shocked by outcomes of football games, but to my boy Montel and my friend Jim Farmer, I had to say those two awful words. One of the best performances I've ever seen. And I think one of the reasons I was so shocked, Coach Saban's ability to get that same team that I saw in person Saturday to the next Saturday, get them up mentally and physically to play against a great Georgia team is some of the best coaching I've ever seen. I don't understand, and I've never been as great as Saban is, but to have that mentality to play as awful as they did against Auburn and we choked it away, we should have won, 
to one week later have that team so focused and ready to go. I got to give Coach Saban. That's the reason he's to go. I got to give him. Uh, I mean, it was amazing watching that game. It was. I was there. The best part of the day was the fact that I was there with my son, Eric, and my grandson, Everett, and my son-in-law, Dustin, because that, you know, we have a three-generation, hey, yeah. go to the SEC championship, yeah. hey, this is going to be great. And I was I was feeling so confident, Chuckster. I agree. I really, I mean, I said, look at this 12-0 and team. Look at what Auburn did to this team we're about to play. Yes. I said, if Auburn did that, then what are my dogs going to do to this bunch? Yeah. And then I got the answer. But it was, you know, that was a butt kicking. Yeah. Plain and simple. Yeah. I mean, it was every phase of the game. Alabama put the check marks in. Yeah. They, 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 everything up and down the line. Yeah. But still got a team that's in the college football playoff. Yeah. As a competitor, if I play for Georgia, I want Alabama again. No disrespect to Cincinnati or uh, Michigan. If I'm a competitor, and if you play sports, that's what it is, competition. I want another shot because... We've been great all year, and we did not look good. If I'm a Georgia fan, like, no, I want that again. And my last, uh, first of all, hey, man, uh, my friend Bill Belichick, everybody took shots at him last year. They got off to a slow start. But what I saw Saturday was amazing. What I saw last night was flat-out amazing. The game plan they put together. New England at Buffalo. New England, New England at Buffalo. And arguably the biggest game in Buffalo since they lost those Super Bowls, which I think is the most underrated achievement in sports history, guys making the four Super Bowls. That's never going to happen again. But what Coach Belichick has done this year, going with a rookie quarterback, revamped his entire team, I just want to say I'm glad to call him a friend. What he's doing this year is incredible. Boy, Mac Jones was airing it out last night, wasn't he? <laughs> hey, Mac Jones. <laughs> he threw, hey, what did he throw, three? I, I, three passes? Three passes. Yeah. But what they've done, they've won seven in a row. Uh, what they've done, I just want to give my man, Coach Belichick, like I said, what Coach Saban did Saturday and what Coach Sa uh, Belichick did last night, shout out to two greatest at what they've done. Shout out to those two guys. You know, when you watch that game, that Monday night game, wasn't that one of those games where you're watching and you're saying, man, I'm glad I'm sitting where I'm sitting and not out there. Didn't that look absolutely raw and brutal out there? But, you know, normally when you see a game like that. First of all, nobody, I was too much of a wuss to play football. I played one day and quit because I couldn't take the beat down. Yeah. But going out there in that cold weather was just enough. Like, no, I don't ever want to play football because it's cold all the time. And then one thing I ask my football friends, because some people are stupid, they always say, when you're sitting around with your guys drinking in a bar watching those guys when it's cold or snowing, those guys will be like, well, dude, I guarantee you once the game starts and they get going, they warm up. I asked my friends who played in the NFL. He said, man, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. He said, we're freezing the whole time. I saw that the shot last yeah. last night late in the game. Yeah. Mac Jones had the big yeah. had the big jacket on. A couple of guys right next to him. It looked like everybody yeah. in that place was, was bone-chilling. Yeah. One thing was interesting about that game, for a game that had basically one team didn't throw any passes, it was actually a pretty good, exciting game. Mm-hmm. You know, you think if it was a low-scoring game and one team only threw three passes, it was actually a really exciting game. I really enjoyed the game, and I just like to say, man, it was beautiful to watch. So just more and more footnote. As a Bulldog, yeah, that one hurt, okay? The loss to Alabama hurts, but congratulations yes. to Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide. Yes. Well-deserved SEC championship. 
well-deserved number one seeding going into the playoff. And to my buddy uh, Ellis Ponder, director of football ops over there, I believe that's his title at, uh, at the University of Alabama. Real good dude. So congratulations to them. Shout out to my boy Josh over there, Josh Maxim. Georgia, Alabama, we may see it again. We'll see. Uh-oh. I don't like the way you're hey, shaking your head there. Hey, dude punched me in the face like that. I'm not sure I'm going back around him no time soon. <laughs> Give it a month. <laughs> we'll be back. We are back here on the Steam Room. Charles Barkley, Ernie Johnson. And if you want some top drawer college football talk you have come to the right place yes you have because um nobody talks college football quite like paul feinbaum um espn sec network um guy you've known for a long long time chuckster you know the thing about paul is i've known paul so long he's like my older uncle because you know people he's obviously exploded in the last few years but he was already the biggest thing in Alabama, like my entire life. Yeah, Paul, welcome. Well, thank you. And, and Ernie, uh, to show you how long Charles and I have been together, I covered Charles when he played high school football. Uh, excuse me. He should have played high school football when he played high school basketball. <laughs> yeah. So you know we're all about Leeds High School then. I do. And uh, because of my friendship with Charles uh, over the years, I decided to wait uh, and, and have the real story of his recruitment to Auburn and, and all the money that he got there uh, revealed later after my death. So I don't, I don't want to embarrass him every time he heads down there for a game. Let me scratch that off the question hey, list. Well, let me then. just tell you this. Listen, uh, Alabama was paying Ennis Wilder and Bobby Lee Hurt so much, they couldn't get me under the salary cap. So I had to... <laughs> Well, you're right. I, I literally, my career began uh, investigating those two. And uh, Charles was an afterthought, as you know, Ernie. Uh, nobody wanted it. He destroyed Bobby Lee Hurt in a Christmas tournament. And all of a sudden, uh, he started getting offers. Until then, he, he was barely getting uh, a, a sniffs from junior colleges. Hey, let's, uh, yeah, I know we're going to talk about this college football playoff and the four teams involved. But first, Paul, let's just, let's just go back. Born in Memphis, you go to the University of Tennessee, correct? That is correct. And as Charles says, you know, you were uh, this iconic radio personality in Alabama. But when did Paul Feinbaum become Paul Feinbaum? Well, it really started, I was a newspaper uh, reporter, and I thought that's all I ever wanted to do, Ernie. I, I, I became an investigative sports reporter in the early 80s. And back then, there were very few newspapers doing that. So that's that's what I wanted to do. I got in trouble on, on one of those stories I just mentioned. I ended up getting sued over it. Uh, it was the Bobby Lee Hurd case, Charles. And as a result of that, my newspaper career was crippled for a couple of years because uh, we, we did win the lawsuit. But after spending millions of dollars on uh, legal fees, the newspaper had little interest in promoting me. <laughs> and ultimately, I moved on uh, to a radio where it really it really kicked in uh, and I loved it. But I never lost my love of, of, of being a snoop and an investigator, which I, I think has helped me as I've matriculated through this career. You know, did you ever think you were going to blow up like you have? Because, Paul, listen, you were humongous in Alabama most of my life, but now you have become the voice of college football. And like anytime somebody has success, it's always a shock to the system. But have you ever been shocked and like, wow, I cannot believe how my my bra stacking career has just taken off? 
Yeah, I mean, I, and I am surprised by it, and and I, I I don't spend a lot of time analyzing it because when you look like me and 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 you're on television, I mean, you're you're thinking somebody made a big mistake. So <laughs> it, it's uh, it has only been in the, in the last couple of years. Going to ESPN was the big move. I mean, I think that's an understatement. But I was already uh, inching toward uh, you know my sixties at that point, so it came as a shock. I embraced it and I, and I loved it. And it's still hard. I mean, I, I'm still, there are still pockets of people and Ernie, you can, you under, you understand where I'm coming from here who do not take me seriously because I didn't play football. Therefore I have no earthly idea what I'm talking about. So I've always tried to stay away from the X's and O's, which I can't speak to with authority and, and talk about the bigger pictures and the bigger picture stories. And, and fortunately in college football, those big picture stories have dominated over the years. How do you develop uh a thick skin when you're talking college football? Because when you open your mouth, Paul, you're going to tick a lot of people off. You're going to make some folks happy, but there are going to be folks out there who, who say, oh, he said this because he's always said this about this team or he likes this team. How do you develop that kind of a skin that says, hey, throw it at me. I can take it. I mean, I, I read it, but I don't react to it you know, because I, I decided, especially with social media, that if you spend your time reacting to what people say, it will undo you. Yeah, It will eat you up. Uh, so I never react. But living in Birmingham with the Alabama-Auburn dichotomy, you got used to it. And there was a time when Alabama people hated my guts. There were literally death threats on me in Birmingham. And Charles can, uh, I guarantee you, he can relate to that. I had Alabama coaches trying to get me fired. Uh, and now uh, I, I'm labeled as the biggest Alabama homer uh, uh, that ever lived, which which I, I find very humorous. I, hey, if Nick Saban had lost two games this year, I probably would have been calling for his firing. Well, I wish you'd lost that second one the other day, but that didn't happen there, Paul. That was a little painful to watch, but now we got these four teams in here, and you got Alabama number one taking on Cincinnati. You got Georgia and Michigan. So what's your gut telling you right off the bat here? Well, I, I did something last uh, week uh, that, that, I, that I literally had not done in, in, in 11 years. Uh, Charles, the last time I picked against Alabama was in 2010 when Cam Newton beat them uh, down 24 to three uh, at, at Brian Denny Stadium. So I picked Alabama. I went against them Saturday before the game just in time to, to see what we all saw. So I am not doing that again. Uh, I mean, I, whether I'm right or wrong, I think sometimes you just have to uh, bow down to the Holy Saban and, and realize that he's probably not going to blow it. But I, I do think the country is probably pulling for a Michigan-Alabama game. I don't know about you, Ernie, uh, with your school ties, but does any Georgia fan want to see Alabama again in the national championship? I think they actually do. I mean, uh, despite how painful it was the other day, you're, <laughs> you still look at, okay, there are four teams left. Yeah. And you're one of them. And this team was unbeaten, went in, and Alabama was ultimately prepared for that team. And really, Georgia looked rattled to me in that game. And, and, they, were, and they were outplayed in every facet of the game. But... I think the competitor. Yeah, I, I think there's still this that, hey, um, well, let's see, playing a month apart, yeah. what does Kirby Smart learn about what Alabama threw at him and see if he's able to, you know, come prepared in a way that Alabama was after that Auburn game, you know, and, and people are looking at Alabama like, I don't know how good they are, you know, and, you know, you know, Nick's talking about, hey, thanks for the rat poison. It was yummy. But I think that's. I think that would be a real test, and and to say, okay, this is what we learned from that first meeting. We want them again. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and and I, yeah, I say that tongue in cheek because what 
ultimately matters is if you win the title. It's worth remembering that Alabama in 2011 lost an epic game of the century to LSU. And eight weeks later, they beat them. They shut them out for the national championship. And what I find interesting uh, to to support your point, even though you were contradicting mine, Ernie, (laughs) is, uh, is in 2017, we all know how Alabama beat Georgia in, in a walk-off for the national championship. Have you ever seen a, an SEC championship flag waved by a Georgia fan that year? No, it, it, those things don't matter once right. you get to the next level. And so I, I do think it's an opportunity for Kirby Smart. It's, and, you know, if it's another painful evening, uh, he's got plenty to keep him company in terms of Nick Saban. <laughs> no doubt. I tell you, I think there's two things working here. I think that television people want to see – Saban against Harbaugh because of the animosity. And I think some people are like, well, we don't want to see George again. I think there's two things working there from the people who run college football. They're like, we can make a big deal out of Saban against Harbaugh. And I'm, I'm not sure we can make a big deal out of what we just saw out of Georgia. Because let me tell you something. I love college football. But Saturday, and I think that was the first time that I've actually been shocked watching a game. I got to admit that. Paul, what chance does Cincinnati have against Alabama? Ernie, I, I don't want to, to laugh at Cincinnati because I, I think it's, it's a remarkable story. Um, I think they've got a slight chance. Uh, yeah, I, I think it will be difficult for Alabama, in spite of what everyone says on, on their side, to take Cincinnati as seriously as if they were playing someone else. I think the three weeks helps Alabama, though, uh, figure out some of the problems that they have been having throughout the year. So, I mean, ultimately, I would go with Alabama if you're playing the uh, 13 and a half. I, I, you know, history would not indicate it's going to be close. Alabama usually blows teams out in these semifinal games. Paul, I got a two-headed question for you. Where are we going with Oklahoma and Texas coming to the SEC and this name, image, and likeness thing? What do you think about those two things? Yeah, I think the Oklahoma-Texas thing is, is is a great story, but by the time we get to it, uh, I'm, I'm really curious where Oklahoma and Texas are going to be. And, and I think it's still going to be two or three years down the road. Although, if I'm sitting there at Texas, one of those billionaire oil, oil tycoons, I, I might just spend the $80 million and get out of the Big 12 because they are not going to have a good time there. Uh, you know, I'm not an official expert, but you can just kind of sense that nobody likes having them around for a couple more years and they'll do everything they can to uh, screw them over. But I think on NIL, Charles, I, I think that's, I've yet, I haven't seen evidence that's affecting teams, but I think as we spend more time after the season digesting it, I, I think we're going to learn more about it. Uh, there, there's no way that if you're 20 years old and you're Bryce Young and you've got an eight or nine or a million dollar deal, you're, you're going to be quite the same as, as you were uh, as a college student. And, and I say that, Ernie, because I, I know, I mean, Charles literally lived on pizzas. I, I know that for a fact one night because I was covering a game in Houston my, uh, in, I, I believe it was 1981 or two, Charles. And I got a knock on my door and it was the, it was, I think Domino's, I don't know. It was the pizza <laughs> delivery guy. And, and, and I said, no, you're at the wrong. It's, I, I don't eat pizza at midnight. You're, it's a little bit farther down the hallway, uh, Mr. Barkley's room. Uh, but I, I mean, you tell me, uh, I mean, if you had, if you had a million dollars in your pocket at Auburn in, in the eighties, what would you have done with it? How would you have been different? You were already a problem. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's all, <laughs> I'm worried about the haves and the have nots going forward because it's two trains of thought. In basketball, if I got to go to college for one year, where can I make the most money in one year? 
But I think the big problem is going to be in football. If you have to stay in college for three years, you really got to say to yourself, I got a chance to go into this college, but I'm going to make five times more money going to one of these bigger schools. I like. I love all the players. I want us to get as much as possible. But I'm not sold on the NIL thing because I think we're really going to have a disparity going forward. Well, Charles, one more thing on that. I, I think the transfer portal is, is equal to that because if you're sitting there uh, in, with Kirby Smart or Nick Saban right now or, or any of the great coaches, you're really picking and choosing. I mean, think about this for a second. You had Bryce Young for another year. He may, he may very well have been able to go out as number one pick in the draft if he, if he could come out, but he can't. Like Jamison Williams last year, who was a number four receiver at Ohio State, he's now one of the top receivers in college football at Alabama. You're going, you know, why don't I just go play there for a year? Why, why don't I uh, pick and choose? And, and I think that's equally as dangerous uh, for players uh, later, late in their career to be able to look at the roadmap and say, I want to play there, there, or there. But I, but I have been wondering about college football for a long time. It, it doesn't really have a soul. Uh, it doesn't have a conscious. And, you know, it, it's hard to have less of one when you don't have one to begin with. This is kind of selfish on my part. I want to ask a Georgia question about going into this Michigan game. So what do you make of the quarterback situation there? And you know what's funny? You look at social media after that loss to Alabama, and there is so much stuff spewed out there about, oh, I told you a walk-on couldn't do this, and I told you, you know, you're talking about Stetson Bennett. Here's a guy who's getting all the accolades when you're undefeated, and then you lose a game, and then it's, oh, now they got to make a change. Do you see a quarterback change in the weeks between now and that Michigan game? Ernie, if, if you know Kirby Smart, uh, the answer would be no. Uh, he, he is very stubborn. He's very loyal. And I don't know what's underneath the situation with JT Daniels. There have been some issues with him. When would he play last year after his injury? For those who don't know, he came from Southern Cal, where he was you know, another five-star can't miss. And I just don't understand why Kirby did not go to him late in the game when, when it was seemingly lost and you had one, maybe one shot at changing the dynamics. So I, I think he'll be asked that, but uh, precedent would indicate that he's a very stubborn guy. And I know it's, it's really unfair to bring up Justin Fields. I believe in the moment, and that's all you can judge him on, Kirby Smart made the right call. Jake Fromm was the better quarterback. Justin Fields had not had enough experience. He turned out to be a significantly better player. And in this case, it, it may also uh, be true, but I think Stetson Bennett, the fourth, is, is George's quarterback. See, as a Monday morning quarterback, I'm saying to myself, I go back and look at Coach Saban and Dabo Sweeney, two of the Sabans to GOAT, Dabo's terrific. They made quarterback changes. You know, I mean, think about it. Jalen Hurts and Kelly Bryant, they lost like four games total in college. Right. But Coach Saban says, I've got to go to Tua. And Dabo went to Trevor when Kelly Bryant had lost one game in two years. Don't you get paid as a coach to make those tough decisions? You do. Uh, and, and, as we watch this unfold, and if Kirby Smart does not win the national championship, a, a torrent of criticism is is going to come down on him. And, and I think he has now boxed himself into this position. Yeah, he may. I think that's what you're supposed to do, Charles. I, I totally agree. And, and Dabo and, and, and Saban made brilliant decisions. I don't even think they were difficult decisions. The only thing we don't know, we don't know what's going on with JT Daniels. Uh, and, and, and we're getting no evidence. We're, we're certainly getting no help from the Georgia uh, coaching staff on that. But yeah, I would make a quarterback change, but, I don't, but I'm not confident Kirby Smart will. So who you got? This will be a short answer type of thing. Uh, who you got in the semifinals then? 
obviously you think Alabama. And I think Georgia, uh, because I, uh, I'm i not going to let Saturday dissuade me from what I saw in the previous 12 weeks. Uh, and you can quibble about the, the opponents, but but Ernie, it's one of those dominating performances all year I've ever seen. And yeah, it, it's, I, I still can't quite figure out that defense. I think, I think Kirby was a little bit too conservative and he didn't adjust well. When, and and that, that's a knock on him, though. But I, I think with three weeks to get ready for Michigan, I like Alabama and Georgia. And, and then I, I think you know, picking the next game, if that happens, will be one of the tougher picks. I think you know, we all could be wrong if we jump on the Bama bandwagon saying, let's not go against Nick Saban again. It doesn't matter to me. I, I, but, but I think it puts Kirby Smart in a, in a position. He's getting a second chance. Uh, you can't. This is not you know a charity golf tournament where you can buy a mulligan very often. <laughs> but that's exactly where he could be. Well, you know, Paul, I hate to bring up a bad subject. It's been called now the disaster in the pasture down at the Iron Bowl. <laughs> uh, that was one of the most painful losses in the Iron Bowl, in my opinion. Uh, it was a very frustrating. I always go to the Iron Bowl. That was very frustrating. And uh, I, I had to get it off my chest. I love my school, but that was a gag job, number one. Well, no, I agree with you. Um, you know, you, you always hear cl- the cliche, you know, there's two or three points in every game that you that can be t- determine the outcome. I mean, there were more than that. I thought Brian Harson, it's somebody I've liked and admired throughout the year. I thought he bungled that thing badly a couple of different times. And that's why, you know, we're having a conversation now that we probably shouldn't be having. Uh, Ernie, Auburn should have won that game. Charles knows that more than I do because he was he was watching it as an Auburn fan. I was a so-called neutral observer. <laughs> hey, so, Paul, um, well, we're going to the Birmingham Bowl. Congratulations. And I, th- I think <laughs> see, that's not funny, Paul. It's too soon. It's too soon. So I got to play. I got to make this decision. So you don't have to get a hotel room. You, you no, no, that, no, no, no. That's 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 actually the question, Paul. So <laughs> I don't think it's I can consider us going to a bowl if I can drive from my mom's house. So I think <laughs> I should get a hotel so I can at least feel like I went to a bowl game. Do you agree? Yeah, uh, guys, when we were when I was young, we did. I'm not trying to sound like everybody else, but you know, we didn't have a lot of money. And I remember our first vacation, uh, and I later figured this out. We drove about 15 miles south of town and spent two nights at a Holiday Inn um, because they had a pool, uh, and, and that's all kids wanted back then. That's kind of how I, I view this bowl game for you, Charles. Uh, you're, uh, uh, I mean, you get to yeah, you can you can stay downtown right by the stadium. Yeah, and 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 take in all of uh, what Birmingham has to offer. Uh, it's gonna you're, you're gonna you're gonna end up spending more money at this game than you planned on because you know Ernie. Whenever Charles goes back to Birmingham, he's stuck having to buy everybody's meal and, oh, and yeah. all the prom dates, uh, corsages. I mean, this this will be a you'll have to really go deep into your 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 uh, bank account for this game. Hey, uh, you had Chuckster on your podcast uh, recently, correct? That is correct. And this was this struck me as a very interesting question. You asked him about um, doing something he hasn't done, or what was the question, Chuckster? You recall things that on my bucket list, right? And what did you say? I want to meet Eminem. But in terms of travel, I mean, you, so, had, you had kind of a unique so thing. As I get on the back down of my life, I've always wanted to get like a... Bagnan, you just, uh, you're, you're way past Damien Corner, Charles. Come on. <laughs> yes, I'm on the back nine. I got this idea. I'm going to get a big bowl and put 30 countries in there. Mm-hmm. And like one week a month, I'm going to go to a foreign country for one week. That's like always been, like I'm saying, as I get older in life, I want to enjoy all the success I've had. I don't want to be working when I'm old so I was like, you know what? See the whole world. So I'm going to get me a big old bowl, 
crumple up about 30 countries and like one week a month, Chuck gone. Well, Paul, you'll be interested to note that um, because of because you sparked this conversation with that question, we've actually got a bowl with countries in there. So these got countries on it. Yes, honey. sir. So pick one out and let's. And here's here's going to be your first your first trip. So I'm a hundred percent telling you. <laughs> Where are you going, Charles? Paul, I, I don't know if I'm gonna be safe over there. Angola. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll, I will go with you. Uh, some 1992 uh, headlines with uh, Angola and well, the my dream team. Elbow to the dude from Angola. Yeah. I don't know anything about Angola, but Angola's in trouble. And a foul is called on Barkley. Barkley, a little contact after he makes the layup on the way back down the floor, just a little elbow to send the message here. And the officials, oh, good call, had an eye on the whole thing. I wonder where he's at now. Well, you know, Ernie, uh, if I could, uh, I, I was interested when I asked about, uh, I wasn't even interested in countries. I was thinking famous people when I asked, is there someone you had never met? And maybe you did. I, I, I was betting that Charles was going to go with, you know, some world figure like Nelson Mandela. And instead of Nelson Mandela, he gave me Eminem. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's no predicting the Chuckster. Charles, have you heard from uh, Marshall Mathers uh, since she said that? Or? I, I have not heard from him, but at some point, you know, I always want to meet people who are successful, and he's one of the best to ever do it. Yeah. You know, uh, like I said, I told you, I've worked with Sam. I've met Denzel. Hey, look, if you don't want to do Angola, try another one. Yeah, I agree. I, that, that's a security risk for you. <laughs> Y'all are asses. They all got Angola on <laughs> <laughs> You're going to Angola. Uh, who was it? Herlanda Quambra. That's was his the, name. Was the guy that you uh, elbowed from he Angola? A, we actually made up. And be, yeah, yeah. He, he, he later said that uh, a couple of years later. Yeah, came back. You were very kind to him. Yeah, that heated him only. He he hit me, and I hit him back. Did he really hit you? He hit me. Uh, hey, and I will tell you something else. I don't know about Go that. Go back and look at the '92 Olympics. Two games later, they had a full court brawl with Spain. Mm -hmm. They they were skirting the rules a little bit. They had a they actually got <laughs> they got in a big brawl with the home country. So people's like, well, maybe Charles was right. They were playing a little rough. Yeah. Anyway, hey, listen, you probably shouldn't be elbowing me when you're down 72 points. Yeah. It was a 31 nothing run at that point. <laughs> and then and then you you threw the elbow and they hit a tee. Ernie, we could do a whole series on Charles's. I, when I was a newspaper guy, I covered all of his brawls. My favorite, I think it was in Milwaukee, Charles, not to go old school here, but you, you, you had thrown a guy out, out of a bar yeah. uh, through, the, through the opening door. Then the judge asked Charles, if he had any regrets, he said, yeah, I wish I wish I'd thrown him out of a third floor building. <laughs> That's I regret we were on the first floor. Are you kidding me? You're going you gonna to throw a drink on me and think I'm just going to take it? Oh, man. Hey, Paul Feinbaum, it's been great talking to you, man. I appreciate you taking the time. Can I tell time. a Feinbaum story? Yeah, you can. You know, I, I tell you, uh, I did Paul's show last week, and he'll always be one of my favorite people. And anytime he's ever asked me to be on a show, I'm going to do it. Because uh, Paul, he really did something special for me. He came to my mom's funeral, and I'll never forget it. Uh, I was breaking up trying to say what I was trying to say, but I look over there and Paul's there, and it really meant a lot to me personally. Uh, and I'll, I'll never forget that. And Paul, thank you. Charles, thank you for saying that. And, and Ernie, obviously you knew 
uh, Charles's mom and grandma. Yeah. And, and I, uh, I've taken a lot of flack from both of them. So <laughs> I mean, they, uh, they used to wear me out, but I, I love them and respected them. And, and I feel the same way about you, Charles. And uh, it's, it's so special that you mentioned that. He's the man the Wall Street Journal called the Oprah Winfrey of college football. Yes. And I knew him in the beginning. Yes, you did. Hey, man. Paul, keep up the great work, Keep man. up the great work. And congratulations on all you said. Hey, your wife is a doctor too, correct? That is correct, yes. I mean, so he... He got some brains there, too. (laughs) (laughs) Have a great day, uh, Paul. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure. He is the legendary, longtime stand-up bass player. (laughs) That was quite the imitation you had there. TK. Tim Kiley. How do you become legendary? I'm just curious. Just takes time. Yeah, you just just yeah. keep, keep stealing and cheating and everything, <laughs> okay, and then eventually you're legendary. Okay. You, see, you see how he did not answer that by saying, oh, I'm not legendary. <laughs> He's explaining how he became legendary. Uh, I by, love it. I by love being it. a longtime producer of Inside the NBA. Is that what he does? A regular contributor to the steam room. I'm a steamer. <laughs> Speaking of accents, I know we talked a lot of college oh, football I know, already. I know, you know, I know, I heard this. Chuck, hold on. Let me hear you say the word <laughs> athletic in your accent. Athletic. That's not yeah, the way like you normally that. say Thank it. Thank you, Ernie. Go ahead. Athletic. Oh. Athletic. I actually been getting, I used to say athlete. Yeah. Athlete. So yes, that's not that many syllables in it. It's, <laughs> well, it's a Southern thing. You stretch out the syllables, yes. right? So if you were born in Boston, and you coached your whole career in the northern Midwest. Would you sound like this? Go ahead, Cap. Thank you. Thank you. Well, this is a great way to get started. And I haven't even won all my games yet. It's a great night to be a Tiger. I'm here with my family, and we are so excited to be in the great state of Louisiana, but more importantly, to be with you great fans and to be part of what is going to be an incredible ride here at Louisiana State University. Uh, he had a he had a couple of drawn out words there that would people were questioning whether he was suddenly becoming a Cajun. I'm a Brian Kelly fan, so I'm not going to give him a hard time for trying to relate to the environment he was in. Now, you don't think that was a little bit of a stretch trying to sound like Louisiana? Which word jumped out at you, TK? Started. Mm-hmm. And hardly won all my games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little gumpy. Yeah, well, he's from Boston. So, Chuck, can you do anything in a Boston accent? Can I get a bell? <laughs> We're going over to Marvel. Did, did you not understand the question? <laughs> <laughs> what is, kind that, of accent is that? Exactly. They say, exactly. We're going to have a bell. <laughs> a bear? A bear. They're trying to say beer. Beer. A bear. A beer. A beer. And like, I, I got a friend who says, I'm from Marblehead. I'm like, <laughs> it's Marblehead. Yeah. Hey, man, I've been in the South. Say, say, say Marblehead again. It's yeah, yeah. Marblehead. <laughs> That looks like your head, not an accent. You're not going to hear it pronounced that way up there at uh, Fenway Park. Fenway Park. It would be Tommy Brady's a wicked pisser. I think my favorite person to talk to from Boston, rest in peace, Tommy Heitzen. 
Oh, he's the best. Yeah, he was a great accent. And he sure. and I'll never forget the bathroom scene. Uh, which is, uh, is, I don't. <laughs> I was hoping you weren't. <laughs> well, enlighten us, Chuck. Enlighten us, Chuck. So we we up in Boston. We up in Boston. It's a think playoff it. game. Tom Heisen, one of the greatest ever. So you know, we in the green room getting ready for the game. We all sitting there. Tommy comes in and say hello. Yeah, this was this was during the game. This is like the third quarter because we're you know the next thing we have to do is the post game show. Yeah. Okay. So he comes in. He says hello to everybody. Yeah. He goes in the bathroom. <laughs> And he's in there for 10, 15 minutes grunting. <laughs> and he walks out like, yo, man, we know what you were doing in there. And we started laughing so hard when he left the room. He didn't say, he just came in and said, hello. How you doing, guys? Hey, good hey, to hey, see you. Hey, 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 hey. And then hey, he walks right in there. And then all you hear is this noise for like the next 15 minutes. And he comes out, hey, good to see you guys. And we're like, I was sweating wicked hot in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We, we were dying laughing. Oh, what a good dude. What a good man. dude. Tremendous. All right. So, speaking of accents, one last time, Shaq. What's his accent, and can you imitate him? I don't know that he has an accent. I don't know. Well, he just got to get the ball to the big man. I don't know why we're running all those plays. Just get the ball to the big man. <laughs> That's the way he sounds. <laughs> you know? No Louisiana in there. No New Jersey. Oh, no, no, oh, no. You can't really pick anything out no. of no, I know. Shaq's uh, manner of speech. That's exactly right. How about Kenny? Oh, it's straight New York. Oh, it's, oh New York. Uh, I'm Kenny Smith. I won two championships. The, 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 um, the dream wasn't a dream. It was a nightmare until yeah. I made it a dream. I mean, the stupid stuff he says. I, <laughs> I got you. I got you. But our man Stav, who you want to go visit. Yes. And you've been there. Can you give us an Aussie accent? Oh, uh, Stav, I want to come visit you, mate. I want to come visit you. I want, I want, I want, I want to go over there and starve and have a beer with you. It would be go down under. Let's go down under, mate. So you're saying Australians and Bostonians pronounce beer the same way? Yes. <laughs> a beer, wicked, wicked beer, wicked beer. I don't know when we've had, <laughs> I don't want to call it a segment this bad. <laughs> Hey, listen. On the steam room. It's not easy to imitate other people's accent. I tell you what's really crazy. Well, 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 you have a master here. Of what? You are one of the great imitators of all time. Oh, no. That's way overblown. No, no. Hubie Brown. Okay. <laughs> I can do it. Okay. You want to get the ball, okay, into the painted area, okay? <laughs> and if you get it into the painted area, okay, your chance to score, okay, goes through the roof, okay? Okay? That, that's, a, that's actually, I don't know if it's good as your Vince Dooley. No, it, it probably is not because I was around Vince a lot more, but, but Hubie used to be just tremendous when we'd have those pre-draft meetings oh, and we were trying to get draft. okay i've seen him. he's I've one of the greatest I've people seen this ever. guy okay and workouts okay he is not intimidated by anybody even the big goliaths in there okay the guy <laughs> the guy has got a wonderful heart okay <laughs> and so yes i think he will be a pick and we'll see who takes him but whoever takes him okay is going to get a real gem well and the best was was he and marty used to go at it marty blake 
Okay. Remember, they were like an old married couple. As soon as Marty would say, this guy's a number one pick. How can go, you say that? You cannot Ma- say Marty, that. Marty, 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 how can you say that about this kid? Okay. <laughs> Look, I do not hate the kid. Okay. But he is nothing. He is nothing like what you are describing. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know. Hubie, somebody will take a flyer on him. Okay. Okay. Good. As long as we understand. Okay. That's a marvelous. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It is. It is. Arnie, I'd like you to send me off with Vince Dooley. I'll exit with Vince Dooley. I'll, I'll send you off with how he described the pass rush of uh, Richard Tarditz from Beritz, France, who was um, actually uh, a really good pass rusher. Yeah, he played in the pros uh, for oh, a while. Oh, yeah, he played, uh, played in the pros for a little while. And um, But he, he racked up a million sacks one season. And they asked him after a game, they said, so, Coach, how can you describe uh, Richard Tarditz and what he's been able to do with this, with this pass rush? And he said, oh, we call that the Tour de France rush. Uh, where Richard goes north and then comes from behind and then penetrates the quarterback from the rear. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> uh, that's a direct quote. That is tremendous, Ernie. Is Thank tremendous. you for that. Certainly. I enjoy those imitations as much as oh, anything. That was that was a nice Look, comeback. Look, we have some more of the show to do, okay? This podcast. <laughs> I will see you guys uh, later, okay? Okay. okay. <laughs> Chuck and Ernie in steam room. Come and join us in steam room. Chuck and Ernie in steam room. Leave your towel on in steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Leave your towel on in the steam room. That never gets old. That never gets old. Well, at least that's me saying that. This, the loyal steamers. Oh, they may they may tire of that. No, they don't. They not, don't. not if you're loyal. No. So we've had we've had fun today, Paul Feinbaum. Yes, you know college football. It's just amazing, though. I, I I go to two or three Auburn games a year. We obviously coming off that Saturday with all the championship game is one of the greatest days in college football. You know, you going to Georgia, me going to Auburn. College football just unbelievable. No, there's nothing. I mean, that scene at the uh, Mercedes Benz the other day. Was I mean it? You gotta you gotta stand in there, sit in there, and experience yes. that. Yes, had, had to be sixty five to seventy percent Georgia. And um, man, well, let's let's quit talking about that. <laughs> well, we're up it, to, to the night on the show. It's time. <laughs> it's time to uh, <laughs> to hear from the folks who have called on uh, Charles answering machine four zero four nine eight seven zero three three zero. Let's see what uh, see what's on the hopper today. You've reached Charles Barkley. Leave a message, America. Hi, Charles. This is Sydney. I was listening to the podcast, and I heard you say that you wish you could play the piano. So I was wondering if you could play any song on the piano. What song do you wish that you could play? You know, Sydney, that's like my favorite girl name. I always said if I ever had another girl... Shout out to Christiana. Love you, girl. But if I ever had another girl, I was going to name her Sydney. I just love that name for a girl. Well, was Sydney in the running when Christiana was born? Uh, no. N- I didn't fall into love to Sydney till later, after Christiana. So, How did that happen? Uh, well, she's named after a mall, in fairness. <laughs> There's a Christiana mall uh, in Delaware that I used to always go by. That's how she got her name, Christiana. Hold. Stop. Wait, what is it? 
Stop. You named your daughter after a mall? Yeah. Why? I don't know. I just like the mall. <laughs> You're a mess, man. <laughs> <laughs> so then how did the name Sydney uh, I, I don't jump mean, out I, into I, your I, consciousness? I, I, Maybe I, it was when you, from going to Australia, perhaps? That could have been. I'm not exactly sure. I don't want to make up something, but I just have learned. You mean you the, didn't make that thing up about the mall? I, you asked me a question. I told you the truth. <laughs> hey, man, let me answer the lady's question. No, I, I, I told you. People know that I want to learn Spanish and I want to learn to play the piano. I don't even know how it worked, what songs I would play. How about some Sinatra? Since I am arguably the greatest living karaoke singer ever, and I always sing Frank Sinatra, so yeah. it'd probably be one of Frank's songs. Yeah. You know they call me old blue eyes, right? Old brown eyes. Old brown eyes. Yeah. yeah. Man, if you had had a son, how about... It wouldn't have been Christian. Orange Julius. <laughs> <laughs> Next call, <laughs> Burger King. <laughs> What's up, Steam Room guys? Chuck and Ernie. This is Evan Scott. I'm from uh, Champaign, Illinois. I'm a senior in college down here in Champaign. Chuck, I love you. You're one of my favorite athletes ever. But this is actually for Ernie. Ernie, I don't really have a question for you. Um, I just want to let you know, man, you're my hero, man. Just the way you carry yourself, um, what you've done with your career um, is inspiring. Uh, I just love who you are, what you represent. Um, and, of course, you're a Ted Lasso fan because that's just, you know, that just makes sense. I feel like Chuck gets a lot of shout. Um, whatever. Forget about Chuck. Ernie, you're the bomb. You're my hero. I want to be just like you someday. Um, take care, guys. Uh, much love. Thanks for uh, um, the steam room and bringing joy to me every day while I'm in the car. Peace out. Appreciate that very much. And uh, go Illini. Wow. They're Champaign-Urbana, Illinois. That was nice, Arnie. That was very nice. I appreciate that very much. And I am a big Ted Lasso fan. If you're not on the, the Ted Lasso you still got a chance before season three to to uh, go through. I am, uh, I am a beginning to learn Ted Lasso. Yeah. I realize I need to see it. You do. And, you know, I was talking to TK about shows, and we were talking about that, and there's a show I've been watching called Godfather Harlem that is unbelievable. There's a lot of good stuff out there's there. There's a lot of good stuff out there. I still, I got to catch up on Ted Lasso. Yellowstone is awesome. Succession is probably my favorite right now. Yeah. I mean, it's some good stuff out there. Like tonight, what's tonight, Tuesday? I get all my FBI stuff tonight. In addition to the NBA on TNT doubleheader. I, no, I'm going to be watching FBI Most Wanted and International, brother. Tuesday and Wednesday night are my big nights. All the FBI shows on Tuesday night and on Wednesday. All the Chicago shows. Whoa. I think Stan Van Gundy's a big guy on those Chicago shows, too. Oh, hey, Wednesday night. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I, I sit there. All three of the Chicago shows. Maybe you and Stan could could uh, could get on some kind of a chat, or or you could no, no you could no, sit no, there no, and text no, each no, other no, in the course no, of the. No, oh, I knew no, that was going to no. happen, Coach. No, no. I we're can not, just see you not, doing we're that. Not, we're not girls. We don't text. We watch shows together. Please stop. <laughs> Please stop. Why would I? Why would that be so far out of reach from a guy who named his daughter after a mall? Yeah, you saying two dudes, two dudes. You said. Uh, watch two TV. Wait, seriously. Are you really want to listen? No, Pop, I just think it would be entertaining for you and Stan Van Gundy to be swapping texts over a TV the, show. Yeah, I think that'd be great. You yeah, should okay. try that. Okay, all right. Okay. Might be some good content for the Steam Room. Yeah, please. Nice try. All right. Next call. <laughs> hey, what's up, Chuck? I heard you talk about your dislike for plantains last week. Gotta be honest, truly an awful take. Even for you, you got to come down to Puerto Rico. We'll change your mind. 
But I also remember you mentioning once that you hate tomatoes too. So if you had to choose, would you rather eat nothing but plantains for a week or nothing but tomatoes? I got to know, Chuck. Let me know. Okay. Great question. I don't hate tomatoes. I hate soft tomatoes. I like harder tomatoes. I don't like it when they are all mushy. So I do I do like tomatoes, but they have to be hard. Or if they're chopped with onions, which is a salad I get sometimes, because onions and garlic are probably my two favorite things in the world. I love garlic and onions, but I, I, I don't I do like tomatoes if they're hard. I don't like mushy tomatoes. You like fried fried green tomatoes? No, I do not. I do not like fr- uh, I do not like fried green tomatoes. I don't because I, like? I don't like green tomatoes and I don't no. I don't. I listen, Puerto Rico, San Juan, love going there. Hadn't been there in a while. Love it. But there's a, a thing with these plantains. They're big in islands because y'all ain't got no other fruits. Y'all have to eat trees. That's why, like... Did you have some bad plantain experience or something? It tastes like sour bananas. Plantains don't taste good. No disrespect. <laughs> I'm sure none taken by the plantain. As my man community. Jim Rome always says, you know what? Anytime somebody says I mean no disrespect, you know what's coming next? Disrespect. You're exactly right. I'm not eating plantains, man. Well, you know, it never ceases to amaze me. Week in, week out here on the steam room. Some of the things we that we learn, I mean, I think this show has been informative. I think it's been entertaining. I think it's been a, a little befuddling at times. <laughs> I mean, the, the accents that you tried in the TK segment, and then just the revelation that the lovely Christiana was named after a shopping mall. Everybody's named after something, Ernie. Just, hey, Christiana's a beautiful person and a beautiful name. It just wrote Christiana, like Christmas, Christ, Christiana. Just like them all. <laughs> Man, you are a beauty. That's it for the steam room this week, ladies and gentlemen. Um, if you're sitting there shaking your head as you take a walk with your headphones on, listening to the latest installment, I'm shaking my head right along with you. <laughs> and we'll be back with more next week with the Chuckster. This is Ernie Johnson. Thank you, loyal steamers. Shout out Christiana. Wonder if she knew that. Have you ever told her? I don't think so. <laughs> She's gonna find out now. <laughs> <laughs>